The reading is taken from the Gospel of St John, chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realise that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Right at the start of the lockdown, I was very struck by a comment from one member of our congregation who said that didn't mind whether they got the virus and died or not because they knew where they were going. Now I found that both inspirational and challenging because I'm one of those people who sometimes gets anxious and I really need to be reassured that Jesus' love is there for me, that love which casts out all anxiety and fear. Now twice in John 14, Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled, but trust in me. In between those two occasions, he explains why they don't need to be anxious or disturbed even though the outward circumstances that they face haven't changed and indeed we're going to get a lot worse. And he reminds them that they have a direction or a purpose. I am the way, he says. He reminds them too of all the things that they have seen him do over the last few years, building up their courage and their strength. And now he goes on to say to them, if I go away from you, I'm going to send you another counsellor. And the Greek word alos means another of the same kind. It's as if Jesus is saying to them, I'm going to send you another me to be with you forever. Later in verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands and I will ask the father and he will send you another counsellor. Now, at first sight, this seems to suggest that this is about conditionality and might lead us to wonder how much love do we need if the Holy Spirit is to live within us? But remember, Jesus is seeking to comfort his disciples. They know that they love him. They've walked with him for three years. They've experienced the ups and downs and they love him. Their actions and all that they have done speak of that. And you remember how after Jesus' resurrection, he spoke to Peter and asked him the question, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? And eventually Peter just turns around and says, Lord, you know that I love you. And what the disciples were wanting to know and what Jesus wanted them to know was that he would be with them, that whatever they faced, 
they would have somebody alongside them to help them so that they didn't need to fear and didn't need to have troubled hearts, whatever happened. As we share in this service today, Jesus wants us to know that however faltering our love is, the fact that we are with him means that we do not ever need to be troubled or anxious because his spirit is with us. And if we're watching from outside, uh, watching the service coming from looking from outside and wondering, he invites us to step into the action to taste and see that he is good. Jesus reinforces this by using the image of uh, an orphan. He says, I will not leave you as an orphan, a child without parents. Or it can also mean a pupil without a teacher or a disciple without a master. He's promising that whatever happens, they won't be abandoned. They won't be hopeless or forsaken. Then he goes on to encourage them further by explaining that this counsellor who will come is going to lead them into deeper, le deeper levels of intimacy with God than they knew even while Jesus was there. Because this counsellor will not only be with them, but will live in them. Now, at this point, the disciples couldn't possibly have understood exactly what this meant. But later on, it would make sense for them. They would discover the truth for themselves in practice. Learning is often like that. How often have we written down notes or uh, an equation in maths at school? And it has not made any sense at all. But later, when we come back to it, it suddenly seems to make perfect sense. Well, some of the time anyway. And it's a nice reminder about our faith that we don't always have to have all the answers. Sometimes we may be confused. Sometimes things won't make sense, like the situation that we're finding ourselves in. But it's part of that learning. And as we move forward with God, so he will gradually reveal more and more to us. And one day we'll look back and begin to understand how these things work. As a Christian, as I look back, sometimes I felt I've got it. I've, uh, I'm riding on the crest of a wave and I've got this Christianity sussed. Other times I've really struggled. I've really struggled to understand what's going on and, and with my faith and, and, and the world around me. And it's been very painful. But now as I look back, I can see how all those things have come together to help me grow and understand more about God. There's a lady in Paddock Wood called Joy White, whose life and character so reflected the love of God that when people went to visit her, they felt as if they were walking on holy ground. Yet she could never understand it, as she felt so conscious of how far short of God's love and glory that she fell, and yet she loved him all the more. And that's part of what it means to walk with God, that his Holy Spirit works in us. Sometimes we can't see what he's doing, but others can. And maybe it's good to ask others, what do you see God doing in me? Interesting, today we have a focus on Uganda and Kumi in our service. And I'm always humbled when I travel to Uganda because I meet people there who live with what we would consider almost unbearable conditions. And yet they are so, so full of rejoicing and celebration for all that God has done for them. Jesus doesn't want us to live in that fear. And he invites us to come and share in these assurances that he's given to his disciples, that his Holy Spirit will live in us 
and give us hope. And that's available for all of us. So I've asked a few uh, people from the congregation and others to share with us what the Holy Spirit means for them in practice. For me, having the Holy Spirit living in me means that I have my own personal lifeline to God directly from my heart. This is best represented by the image of my heart being held in Jesus's hands as I'm supported by him. It allows me to trust more, especially in tough times. So ultimately, it's having that security and faith internally to fight external battles. Now, to me, the Holy Spirit is known as the teacher, and he teaches us things that I cannot learn by myself through my own strength. I cannot learn at school. I cannot learn in my daily day life, but I need to learn through the strength of God, through the Holy Spirit. He teaches us things like forgiveness and kindness. In Colossians 3 verse 13, he says, Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. The Holy Spirit living in me is the power of God to make a difference. I know that I can never do it on my own and in my own strength and in my own weakness. And, uh, but having the Holy Spirit in me enables me to do all the things that I do over here in Guatemala, working with kids on the streets, working with children and young people at risk. And so that's the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in me. Hi, the Holy Spirit changed my life. The Holy Spirit completes me, it reassures me, and it continues to help me live my daily Christian life. And I think it comes down to being with God, whether that be on the cycle to work, whether that be with the children in the garden, and hearing what he has to say to us, such as in the daily Bible readings from Pete Misselbrook, trying to be open and trying to listen to God through the Holy Spirit. He's been there whenever I've been at my lowest and needed something to rely on. Um, when I was getting divorced, when my brother died, um, my younger brother died 22 years ago in a helicopter crash, the fact that he'd been christened um, gave me comfort. But when I've been in need, uh, he has provided. So for me, it's the one thing you can rely on in the ever-changing world. He is always there and it's the one thing that basically doesn't change and the one thing you can rely on. Knowing the Holy Spirit is in me and guiding me every day of my life. He has helped me in weakness by interceding for me and that in turn has given me comfort. By being true to his word, he has instilled in me a deep sense of trust in him, even more comfort. The Holy Spirit connects with my conscience and directs my thought pattern, but also reminds me that I am a child of God and gives me that assurance that things are going to be all right. You know, when you get that nudge, that Andrew, you're either going off track or you're on track. I believe that has been the Holy Spirit working through me. Hi, I'm Luke, and to me the Holy Spirit is a real comforter and bringer of peace. It says in 1 Kings that God is not found in the wind, nor in the earthquake, nor in the fire, but in a still, small voice, and that's exactly who the Holy Spirit is to me. In times of trouble or stress, the Holy Spirit is there to bring comfort and peace. The first thing that came straight to mind was a verse in Romans 8, which says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. 
the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And I think for me, that's what I just keep coming back to is that I'm reminded by God on a daily basis that um, you know he loves me and he cares for me and that I'm his child and that that identity is what is the most important thing that his opinion of me that I'm dearly beloved that I'm cared for um, that I was worth sending his son to the cross um, for me um, yeah and just living out of that that identity living out of that place of being defined um, by who God says I am I think all comes from the fact that Christ lives in me Nestled in the middle of the passage we read are these simple but amazing words of assurance. Because I live, you also will live. Live life to the full now, but also live forever in eternity. That's why I think uh, that member of the congregation was able to speak without fear. That ultimately is that confidence that we have in Christ, that whatever we're going through, whatever we face, we don't need to be troubled because our lives are safe with him. Amen.